It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? I'm fine. Thank you, sir. Um, I thought we'd start the show off with a bit of a smile. Joe was in in Beantown yesterday. He must have heard that you were up there and he was looking for you. Yeah, well, you know? they probably wanted to serve me with some papers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that story in a second. But, oh, you! <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was up there on the stage and he did this uh, his, this rant. This he He said that... He wanted to cure cancer, and I think he said within 35 years. And I thought to myself, why don't you make it 100 years so we're all dead and we'll never know whether he did it or not? At least Kennedy with a space shot said that uh, he wanted to be uh, on the moon by what? The end of the, end of the decade. And he did it. Right. 1969. And, you know, Joe was up there at the Kennedy Center in Boston, and he was doing this speech trying to emulate uh, John Kennedy, but... He gave himself more time, 35 years. I thought, gee, that's ridiculous. By the way, there were a group of cancer survivors in the balcony area listening to the speech at one point, and Joe, in, in a way that only Joe can do it, thought he was being funny when he said, don't jump to the cancer survivors who were sitting up in the balcony. Don't jump. I mean, what the hell does that mean? Oh, he thought he, he thought he was clever. Don't jump. I thought, you've got to be kidding. I, I, I was going to play the audio, but I figured, nah, I, one, one a bit of audio is enough. This is Joe when he was ending the speech, and I'll tell you what happens here. He says, thank you for, for listening, and he backs off, and God bless America, he backs away from the mic, and he literally gets lost. And while you're hearing the music playing, he's going back and forth on the stage, and then he calls for Jack Schlossberg, who was, I, I guess, the son of Caroline Kennedy Schlossberg. Mm. Her son, and then Caroline Kennedy and the young Schlossberg come up on the stage. And Caroline Kennedy gives him a kiss on the cheek, like he's an old uncle. And then she, they take him by the arm, and he's drooling, and they, <laughs> and they drag him off the stage. Listen, here, here it is. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you for listening. Jack, come on back up. He's lost. And then they turn the, the music down. He's still on stage. Yeah, that's good. Thank you very much. Keep up the fight. Thank you. Yeah, he goes, he goes back to the mic because he wants to sound like he's up there intentionally. But if you saw the pictures of him, He's all over the stage. Because it all looked new to him. You know, if somebody has, has got dementia or, you know, maybe somebody that's having a stroke, all of a sudden their field of vision gets Narrowed, shorter yeah. and things do not look as they are and they get confused. And that should tell you something, folks. He's going to run again and bring Kamala along with him. 57% of people go, this woman needs to go away. Oh, and she the only quite she's amazing. She's amazing. She's an idiot. And and the, the real question is, is why the other 43 percent don't see that, you know, she you compared the January 6th people, the MAGA people at mm. the uh, at the protest. It was not an insurrection, folks. They use that term because it fits their narrative. They want you to think it was an insurrection. But, you know, you need guns to have an insurrection. We didn't have any guns. I say we, I wasn't there, but the people who were there, they were peaceful for the most part. I mean, there were like, what, 300, 400,000 people there? And, Close and, to a million. And, and, I was invited. I was going to go. I didn't go. And now, I mean, I w I've gone to Trump rallies. I would have loved to have gone, but because they took pictures, and I could have been standing there with my hands in my pocket. We'd going, be doing this. You'd be doing the show from the D.C. Gulag. Yeah, because I'd be sitting there going, yeah, it's pretty cool. Look at all these people. Hey, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> that, hey, how you doing would have gotten my you're, butt yeah, in jail. You're, you're, you're a friendly guy. You would have been shaking hands with Capitol uh, Police officers. And listen, she compared the people who were at that uh, protest to uh, the 9-11 terrorists. Look, we're at the 21st um, marking, if you will, of the September 11th attacks. Yeah. This was a foreign terrorist attacking our democracy, yeah. attacking this country. Yeah. We're now, as a nation, battling a threat from within. Is the threat mm. equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11? That's an interesting question. Um, I have held 
many elected offices as district attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president. And there's an oath that we always take, which is to defend and uphold our constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, but we know they both can exist and we must defend against Uh, it. Carmela, it's not defend and uphold, it's serve and protect. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how the oath goes. But uh, she doesn't care anyway, but she really doesn't mean it. Uh, She's up there saying that uh, the people who were protesting were equal to uh, the people who attacked us on 9-11, which I find unbelievable. Yeah, well, you know, uh, and we talked about yesterday's show. You just go back and listen to it. We're not going to rehash it. But there are questions about 9-11, too. But let's, they are two vastly different things. But it is interesting that she's saying that because Democrats, when they're getting ready to fabricate a story, make up something, do an attack, they always telegraph it. They set it up. They got to set it up. And to me, she's laying the groundwork, the stage work for what they're doing. Look at all the arrests that are going on now. But besides, you know, all of the supporters of Trump, now they're going after people that went to the rally on January 6th. They let their people, the Democrats, I mean, let uh, other Democrats know, here are the words that we're going to say and say a lot. Uh, They used, remember remember about uh, five, six, maybe longer, seven years ago, the word Mm. was gravitas. All of a sudden, everybody, every Democrat was up at an interview in front of a microphone talking about he doesn't have any gravitas. Gravitas was the word. They threw that out like it was like it was candy. They do this all the time. I, I think they send memos around overnight to the different uh, Democratic uh, leaders, and, and they include these things into, in their talking points so that they all are on the same page. Now they're talking about insurrection. Insurrection, my fanny. Do you remember, what what was it, Sri Lanka a Mm -hmm. a month and a half, two months ago? That was an insurrection. They stormed the president's palace. They took over his house. They were swimming in his swimming pool. They literally chased the president of Sri Lanka out of the country. Of course, I'm sure he left with uh, a large bankroll, but he left. Uh, That's an insurrection. This was not an insurrection. No, and what they want to do now, and the reason they're going after all these people, seizing phones and everything like that, it's not that they're going to find anything there because there's nothing there, but they can sit there and take a telephone conversation, a text message, and they can go, oh, we can take that and imply this was a a signal. You know, this, Yeah. if somebody got your phone, not anybody else's phone, your phone. Mm-hmm. Well, are there things on there that are of personal nature that you don't want the world to know that has nothing to do with anything? Sure. You just don't want people to know. Yes, there is. And if they air your dirty laundry, you would be upset, and it's a civil violation. Now, are there things where they say, oh, he's not on our side. He must be a terrorist. And here's why. There's the, there's the code phrase. Yeah. And it means nothing, but they're going to make it that way. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're cherry picking out and they're going to sit there and make a story up. Tucker you Carlson know? started his program off last night with a 17 minute, uh, monologue on just this topic on, on what they're doing about, uh, you know, the, the 40 different 40 plus, some people say 35, some say 40, some people say, uh, 50 plus. I don't think they really exact know the exact number of subpoenas, well, but they I, I, they were all against Republicans. Yes, they weren't against Democrats, and that is um, that's really a civil violation, and that will cause civil unrest. But the point is, is I think there's fifty plus going against uh, going against Trump supporters in general. You know his big donors and everything like that. They want to bring them down, no matter who they are and how high they are. If they're a Republican, and this, this, let's embarrass them. Let's get them in line or take them well, down. And then people, John Q. Public, that is a different bunch where I think that 40-plus is a whole different number because there are a lot of numbers floating 
I think this is pretty widespread, and if you don't open your eyes and see what's going on, I'm sorry. I have a theory, though. I, I think that, do you remember when President Trump, after the, the election, President Trump came out and said, don't worry, to his supporters, I have it all. We have all the information. We know what happened. We have everything. He said this. President Trump said this, and that was it. And we thought there was going to be something like immediate, but there wasn't. I think he put it aside. I think he re realized that you, if he had shown this stuff at that point, it would look like an insurrection. It really would look like an insurrection. He, had, he realized it has to be done legally. The people have to see how corrupt this administration is. They have to have time to do that. So he had to back away. He knew it was not going to be pleasant. So I think the raid on Mar-a-Lago was the other side's desperation. They wanted to get in and find out what he had on them. Does he have stuff on them? Where is it? We want to see it. We want to know what's happening. I don't think they found it in Mar-a-Lago. That's why they're now going after all of these different people. All of the people who are around President Trump, they want their phones, they want their computers. They want this stuff so they can look and see, well, maybe this person will know where the, where the information is, or maybe that person will be able to point us in the right direction. They want to seize that information. But before we continue, let me play Tucker. This is Tucker mm -hmm. from yesterday, uh, the start of, of his show. Listen. But right now, according to the subpoena that we have obtained, Merrick Garland's DOJ is demanding all communication from the following people on this topic. And let's be clear before we read their names that it is not clear what the investigation is actually about. And that's the most terrifying part. What is this? On what grounds are you demanding my private communications with people? They never say. But included in this precedent-breaking sweep of political opponents of the Biden White House would be former White House advisor Bernie Carrick, who is the former police commissioner of New York City, Boris Epstein, who is the current attorney for Donald Trump. At no time in American history has it been okay to grab the personal communications of someone's lawyer, because those are privileged. Not anymore. Matt Morgan, Justin Clark, Kenneth Chesbrough, Mike Roman, RNC official Joshua Finley, Trump attorneys John Eastman, Jenna Ellis, Joe DeGeneva, James Troopas, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Victoria Tenzi, Cleta Mitchell, Bruce Marks. We could go on and on and on and on. The DOJ is now going after former White House official Stephen Miller, frequent guest on this show with a subpoena. Why? Well, it could be because Stephen Miller went on this network and said, quote, if we win these cases in the courts, then we can direct the alternate state of electors are certified. In other words, he didn't call for an elect insurrection, much less violence or a coup. He called for alternate electors to be seated if the court ordered them to be seated. In other words, he was following the constitutionally prescribed process post-election. He was doing what he's supposed to do. He was following the rules. But under Joe Biden, that apparently is now a crime. And by the way, every one of these people has to hire lawyers to defend him or herself. And a lot of them at this point, after two years of harassment by Joe Biden, can't afford it. In addition, we should say, we've obtained the subpoena. Uh, this subpoena goes on to demand the communications from dozens of other Republicans and people who have spoken to them, including State Representative Jake Hoffman in Arizona, Republican National Committee member Kathleen Burden in Michigan, former U.S. Representative Lou Barletta in the state of Pennsylvania, and Republican State Party Secretary James Graffenfreud in Nevada, among dozens and dozens of others. So what is this about? It can't possibly be about January 6th, the fake insurrection, the only insurrection in history with no guns. The insurrection in which the only person shot to death was a Trump supporter. No. The point of this is to suppress political dissent, to hobble an entire political party, and to keep any of these people from ever participating in American politics again. And by the way, the cost to each one of these individuals or to any person at whose house the FBI shows up is enormous. Ask anybody who's at the FBI showed up with guns at their home what that's like. By accusing these people of insurrection for asking questions about electors by comparing them to Confederate soldiers, Merrick Garland's DOJ plans to disenfranchise them, if not jail them. Really? So prohibit people from participating in American politics in the name of democracy. Too ironic to be real? Oh, it's real. It just happened in New Mexico. A state judge in New Mexico just removed an elected county commissioner from office, overturning the will of the voters. Why? 
because he had dared to exercise his constitutional rights by, partic by participating in the election justice protest on January 6th. So this is a full-blown political purge. That's not a talking point. It is not in any sense a conspiracy theory. It's completely real. And it began shortly after January 6th, and Republicans, as usual, just as they were after the death of George Floyd, were so blown back, so intimidated by the aggression of the rhetoric from the other side that they let it happen. And because they let it happen, as with the BLM riots, its effects are accelerating now. So if you're accused of supporting Joe Biden's political opponents, you could be visited by armed agents from Joe Biden's FBI. This is not new. This has been done before by another Joe. Joseph Stalin did the exact same thing to his enemies, to his political enemies. He raided their homes. He took their, their personal uh, private uh, you know, communications. All those things were taken by Joseph Stalin. And the difference was he arrested and then sometimes killed his enemies. Mm -hmm. Obama was doing a lot of things during his administration, too, going after his opponents, going after their money, secretly doing it under the surface that nobody knew. Things are more pronounced now. They're out there. But, you know, we talked about just before this audio that uh, Trump has something. He says that. And that's what they're going after. Wouldn't it be funny if what he really has is them chasing their tail? And the more they chase their tail, they show their true colors. And finally, America wakes up and sees it. So, in other words, what he has is the tiger by the tail chasing itself. Well, that may be it, and if that's the case, then uh, it's not as strong as we all thought. But I think he's got documentation. I, oh, I believe he does. I'm just saying it would be kind of a weird twist. Oh, I know. Because it's they yeah. haven't found it. Well, and you know, if, if you were trying to hide something from another administration, right, if you didn't want them to find it, would you bring it back to your home and put it in the basement? Wouldn't be in the home. Uh it could be in D.C., but I don't know that it would be there. I don't think it would be at my Trump Towers in New York. Um, I mean, he know, owns I, all these different properties. He owns uh, Pebble Beach. Well, they'll, they'll go hit them all. I'm sure if they haven't already, they're going to hit them all. And, you think? Yeah, I, I think they'll hit everywhere. And uh, they're probably going, where has he been? What has he done? You know, let's let's ransack his plane, take it apart. Uh, they'll do everything they can. You know, he, he went after Bernie Carrick, former police commissioner, New York. Yeah. They went after him. They went after uh, Jenna Ellis, who was a big uh, attorney for him uh, after right. the election. Uh, she is a staunch supporter and a good little lawyer, and uh, she's done nothing wrong, but they went after her. They went after Representative Lou Barletta. Do you know him, Bill? Is he up from your Yeah, he's, he's from the Hazelden area. He's a nice guy, you know, and um, I I don't know. You know, he would show up at Trump rallies. I right. remember the back in 2016 when he was running, not a made-up story. There was a lady that was there with her husband and a little kid that you re you'll remember the video of the kid going up and Trump picking him up and hugging him. That looked like Donald Trump, a mini. -me. Oh yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, yep. I was the guy that actually brought the lady, her husband, and the kid up to huh. the stage to get through security and say, "Hey, I didn't know anybody back there then." Yeah, but I right. sat there and said, "You got to see this kid." And what they were like, "Trump, come here, look, look at this." And he's like, <laughs> "Oh, he's got to come over here." <laughs> but Lou was there, a very nice guy. He just shows up at the rallies. I don't know that he was plugged into anything. Um, but yeah, they're well, going you know, after him. I don't understand how they can go after his attorneys. I mean, everything that they have should be attorney client privilege and they shouldn't be taking it. I mean, what are they going to do with it? Can they well, use it? They're witch hunting, they're witch hunting and they're going to burn people at the stake at the cross. But we talked about this the other day with the Patriot Act, if you remember, and that when they kind of said, oh, it's not, it, it you know, it, it died and 2019, they brought back certain parts of it and gave it uh, a little bit more fangs and venom, uh, the parts that they kept. So they don't need, you know, the, the subpoenas mm -hmm. because the media is there. That is just for your optics because they, according to the Patriot, Patriot Act, 
They don't need a damn thing to go after anybody for any reason. They don't even have to have a reason. And we talked about this. The Patriot Act, I think, expired, but they took the key points of the Patriot Act and broke it yes. into pieces and shoved it into other bills. So it's still there. It's just hidden. Yeah. It's, and know. it ain't going away. So if you know, we are in a Stalin state, as you mentioned, Joe Stalin, but mm -hmm. uh, we're there. I mean, uh, Hitler's got nothing on what Biden's got. And I'm just being honest. If you go and take the time, just research the Patriot Act. The ACLU has it. The ACLU mm -hmm. has this on their website explaining it of how this is wrong. And that's a lefty organization. And they're going, oh, well, no, no, no. This is too much for even us. We all know that Steve Bannon uh, last week surrendered himself to uh, to New York, New York officials on trumped up charges. I mean, he he was essentially surrendering himself to New York on charges that had been dismissed federally by uh, President Trump. He had been pardoned for these uh, charges. Right. And, and uh, so New York said, no, we're going to charge him locally. And they, they brought him in. And that was when you saw him perp walked. And he said, I've not yet begun to fight. Don't worry about me. Essentially, I'm okay. He was talking with uh, Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. A Alex Jones is an interesting guy. He gets, he's been really diminished by the left. I mean, they've made him out to be a, a lunatic. And I'm, maybe some of the things that he's espoused uh, has been a bit off the, the beaten path. But many of the things that he's talked about has been actually ahead of the curve. He's been ahead of other people with, with news stories, things that have eventually broken. He's never done anything wrong to, to my knowledge. I mean, uh, no. they went after him recently. I guess they had a judgment against him for millions of dollars. I don't know how the guy's going to pay it. You know, this is interesting. Uh, just something I, I learned yesterday. The New York times came out with their list of bestsellers. Right. And they listed the bestseller, the, the number one bestseller as some children's book or something. Some young woman wrote a, and, and I'd never heard of her or, or the book, but that was number one on the New York times bestseller. Only thing is it was a lie. The number one book on the New York times bestselling list should have been based on circulation. Alex Jones's book. Alex, he has a book out now and it's, I guess, sold twice as many copies as number two. But mm -hmm. it, the New York Times couldn't bring themselves to uh, to list that as the number one uh, book yeah, in the they, country. Yeah, they ignore it. They ex act like it doesn't exist. I'm surprised it's even on the list, unless they say it's at the no, bottom. No, it's, it's not on the list at all. They just they don't acknowledge they it. They omit it. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't exist. Yep. You know what? You know what? And if you think the guy got screwed by his book, because that money, yes, it pays a publisher, it pays a printing company, but it goes to him too. Mm. And right now, I think it was like a $4 million judgment for, okay. You yeah. know, and there is a lot of questions about Sandy Hook. Now, I'm not saying kids, innocent kids didn't get killed. Oh, I think they did. I, I do think that. Yeah, I know they did. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, but I think sometimes I think people get caught up in stories. Or, or, or narrative, even, even good, well-intentioned people. And I think he thought he was onto something and he was, he was way off the beaten path. He was talking with Steve Bannon and Bannon was talking to him about, uh, where they both stand right now. Listen, how do we support the war room? How do we support one of our main champions? I think, look, it's very, very simple for your audience to just go to warroom.org or go to Rumble or go to Real America's Voice, any of our distribution partners, and just watch the show. All, all we ask is that you, it's all free. And share you know, it. We don't have any paywall or anything at all. Just share it. All we want is share it. Listen, one of the things I find most powerful is I see Alex Jones's content everywhere and different things. That means we're winning. They can't shut it down because they can't stop this content. And they understand that the more people that see the content, look, they've taken Alex Jones off of everything. Your content's still out there bigger than ever. They try to shut War Room down off everything, YouTube and, and Facebook and, and, and Twitter and all of it. And we're bigger than ever. Because why? The audience is sharing it. Because and of the people. And we're going to break one more segment. But I want to just show some video for TV viewers, radio listeners. Go to the War Room on your site and see it. A great video uh, people put together with uh, the uh, man comes around, uh, your song Johnny Cash. But the way you looked in that courtroom, 
uh, just absolutely looked energized and not even defiant, but I just, it's an image of victory. And, 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 and instead of being defeated at that point, I, I just see a man that knows he's where he was supposed to be, where he wanted to be. Can you speak for 30 seconds on how you were feeling in that kangaroo court? Very powerful. It was one of the best days of my life. I, I tell you, I had a chance to visit with some of the officers and stuff. There's so many MAGA people. There's so many people that are afraid. They have to be because of their jobs. We're winning. The people behind the scenes support us. Trust me. This is, this is that we are winning. That's what I say. We have two thirds of the American people in back of us. Well, Steve, We're I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to put a t-shirt out with that face. That, that look is just victory. <laughs> I'm going to paint a whole wall in our office with you on it. Talk about a gravelly voice, huh? Alex Jones. Uh, but, you know, that's part of his cell, too. You know, just that cell, you know, hey, we got to do something about this. That's true. You know? Yeah. But, you know, Bannon was saying something which I thought was interesting. He, he says that he, they're deplatforming him, yet he's still popping up in other places. He's still getting the, the word out. Things are still happening. And uh, and that that's true. I mean, even you and I, in a small way, when we were uh, criticized by, uh, was it YouTube? They didn't like what we were saying. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I still, you know, I, I left it alone. But, you know, we, we were taken down because we did stories about uh, the election and the insurrection. Right. Oh, it's fake news. But yet the big, big, big players out there, their content's out there because they can't take them down. We're still growing, you know. And well, that's yeah, right. We've the, got, the big players are making them too much money. Right. It yeah, we're we're not generating income for them, let alone ourselves, although we probably at this stage could generate some income. Right. It, it you know, but that wasn't what this is about. But then I also see out there uh the kill videos, the hate videos, the set yourself on fire videos, all on YouTube. They don't no care. Problem. No problem. If a kid's sitting there playing with dad's loaded gun, yep. putting it in his, in his mouth and playing Russian roulette. Because that gets people to watch it, and that sells advertising. Screw you, YouTube. Don't want to be a part of you. They are they're information pornography. Yeah. You know, they will put the worst things out there. But if you talk the truth, if you, even if you don't like the truth, I mean, we're talking, we don't, we don't, we're not swearing. We're not uh, doing anything that's, that's obscene. We're just talking civilly about our political beliefs, which we think are accurate, and what mm -hmm. we think happened on, on days like January 6th, and they don't like it. And you know, they never tell us who their fact-checkers are. You know, They're is, their fact-checkers. Is it some dweeb? Is it some 21-year-old kid who hasn't got a clue? Somebody who just graduated from some school somewhere and he thinks he's got all the answers? You know, and he doesn't? Well, you know, they say like, uh, hey, they represent the young generation, the youth of America. Uh, they forget that I'm a father, and I've got a lot of kids, actually, and they're all in that age, and I'll be damned. You know, they don't sit there and march in dad's footsteps, but the one thing that they are, and some of them are on the liberal side, but they're going, this is bull crap, mm -hmm. and they can see it. And the young kids are there. They're seeing what's going on. They're seeing the deception. They're seeing the fake news. They're seeing the distractions. And if they're seeing it, that means you guys, you're doing a lousy job at what you think your job is. And as far as Steve Bannon goes, yeah, he is winning. But even if he's not winning, he's got the right attitude because if you're going to fight, go out in the blaze of glory. So the next question is, where is all of this going right now? Uh, are we at the beginning of all these subpoenas? Have we just seen the tip of the iceberg with these 35 to 50 subpoenas and, and FBI raids? Are we going to see more and more raids? Are they going to go to more and more average Americans' homes to intimidate them? I think so, because here's why. they got the media that's going to help them with that and not show the yous and me's and, and, and you out there listening, who is a conservative, and we do have the majority, they're not going to show how we feel. They're going to go to that 30 or 40% base that's liberal that's going, yeah, yeah, they don't care that it's illegal what they're doing. Yeah, let's get those bastards. And that's where they're, they're going to say the sentiment and the public is on their side. They're right in our face with it. 
Mm-hmm. They don't care anymore. They know the cat's out of the bag. So they're just going to march in, goose step in, kick down your door, take you by and pick you up by the collar and hold you up and go, where is it? There is this information. Give me your phone. How can they justify it? These are FBI agents. They, they know the law. The agents know the law. How can they go into an attorney's home and take attorney-client privilege information away from that attorney? How can well, they you have to look? It doesn't you make got, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, you got the Patriot Act, and you've got uh, things going back to the '60s. The CIA with their license to kill they they were above the law. They were autonomous. Uh, they had the uh, the health alteration. Does the Committee. Patriot Act? Does the Patriot Act supersede? The United States Constitution? It bypasses it. No, yes. it doesn't. It, it, you know, it can't. Well, they say it does because it is it is held above it. It supersedes but it. You know, the Constitution. But you know, it, you know it can't. Legally, it no, cannot. No, it can't legally. But right. they, they're, they're attorneys. Right. you you got to realize something went wrong. You know, it used to be, just like Kentucky, the way it was divided up, it was so that somebody, the farmer, that said, I'm going to run for Congress. So he had to be within a day's walk to go do his representation, you know, to right. get to the state. And that's how that worked. But either way, it was for, you know, me to sit there and say, I'm tired with the way things are. I'm going to go represent my people for two years or four years or six years. Right. And that was all it was meant to be. But then you got these lawyers that got in there, and then as they're in there, they're going, you know, I'm making money since yeah. I've been in here. I'm going to reshape these laws. And they've got loopholes in everything. There's a loophole in everything the that only, they write. There's a back door. The only thing is, though, our whole country is based on the United States Constitution. That is our blueprint. That is the framework of our country. Every law in our country. It has to be under the Constitution. But how they got it through was right after 911. You can question whether we did it or foreign entities did it. We'll say the foreign entities did it. But it was used as the tool to go in and scare certain politicians. Don't read this document. We got to do it to protect, you know, protect ourselves. Yeah, but even when these- even with the Patriot Act, they had to have certain there were guidelines. You just couldn't go in and do it willy-nilly. You had to have justification and cause no, you for did doing not. these things. They took that out of there. No cause, no justification. They could do it at will. Read it. I just don't think that, based upon my interpretation of the uh, Constitution, I don't know how I don't know how anybody, any lawyer anywhere in this country can say that any sub-law can supersede the the final law in our country, the Constitution. I don't know. I mean, I, that's just me. I don't know how I you can do it. I agree with you. I agree with you, but they rewrote this thing back when it expired in 2019. And now we have uh, the quote-unquote insurrection, which it is not, as Tucker pointed out. Uh, there were no guns involved in this. you got to have guns. you got to have right. intent. They have all this stuff. They don't have all the elements. The only person killed with a gun in the entire insurrection was Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, and, you know, there were meetings about the January 6th uh, rally before it took place, meetings by the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi in charge, but she will not testify. She will not answer questions. Nancy, what did you know? Well, let me tell you you about Nancy Pelosi, okay, and to give you a little idea of where she's from. I have a audio track from a video that I found about uh, the four California families. If you've ever Mm. wondered how California has become so messed up, how California has drifted away from common sense, and it really has. You know, there was a time when California was a rock-solid, well-based state. You could count on California. No, no, no. Now Now it's the land of lunacy. Okay. Part of the reason is because of four California families. Listen to this video. It's it's a little long, but it's worth listening to. Pat Brown's father, Edmund Joseph Brown, was known for running scams and gambling operations in San Francisco. 
With the help of businessman William Newsom II, Pat Brown became governor of California for two terms. During his governorship, he awarded the Squaw Valley concession contract to William Newsom III and his partner, John Pelosi. The deal was criticized for the state of California paying for everything and getting nothing. William Newsom III grew up with the governor's son, Jerry, who was training to be a Jesuit priest. John Pelosi's son, Paul, married Nancy D'Alessandro, daughter of Thomas D'Alessandro Jr., who was known for smuggling heroin into the U.S. with Lucky Luciano and the Baltimore Mafia. John Pelosi's son, Ron, married William Newsom's daughter, Barbara. Over ongoing disputes about the Squaw Valley concession, William Newsom Sr. threatened to hurt the governor politically, just as Governor Brown was running for a third term against Ronald Reagan. He lost. But eight years later, the former governor's Jesuit son, Jerry, reclaimed the governorship in 1974. He appointed William Newsom III to a Placer County judgeship in 1975, and three years later, to the State Court of Appeal. William Newsom was an attorney for oil magnate J. Paul Getty, named in the 1966 Guinness Book of World Records as the world's richest private citizen. And while serving on the appellate bench in the 1980s, he helped Getty's son, Gordon, secure a change in state trust law that allowed him to claim his share of a multi-air trust. After Newsom retired from the bench, he became administrator of the Getty Trust and provided seed money for his son, Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi's nephew, to start the Plump Jack business that led to a career in San Francisco politics as mayor of San Francisco and lieutenant governor of the state of California. Gavin Newsom was informally adopted by the Gettys after his parents divorced and recently succeeded family friend Jerry Brown to be the current governor of California. For 80 years, these four families have ruled over the state of California politically. And with the help of Kamala Harris, Maxine Waters, Adam Schiff, and Dianne Feinstein, California's uncontrollable state government spending has amounted to over $2 trillion in debt and the highest tax rates in the country. The homelessness population is on the rise so much that a typhus outbreak has reached epidemic levels. Thousands of needles from illicit drugs litter the streets. They have made California a sanctuary state. They have been steadily chiseling away at the Second Amendment. They have passed laws for mandatory vaccinations. And they continue to aggressively oppose our president on every front. On October 1st, 2016, right before Donald Trump won the election, President Obama transferred full control of the internet from the US government to an independent California nonprofit organization. In a cyber war scenario, the US government may not have control over the internet, even if it secures military and government domains and IP addresses. The targets in cyber warfare are likely to be civilian, and the U.S. government requires private sector infrastructure to operate. Since the Internet underpins our computer systems, electrical grids, communication systems, and other critical infrastructure, our entire civilian society could be at risk. Who controls California? Who controls the four families? What is a republic? This is Gregory's. I think that's a, a product of, uh, I think, Alex Jones's uh, Infowars. I think they call that news wars. Uh, and again, you can minimize it by saying, oh, that's an Alex Jones product. But it's all fact. I was just going to say that. If it's all fact, how can you minimize it? What? 
you think that with the, the presentation, everything they said there can be, can be, uh, I guess, fact checked exactly right. Yeah. It, it I mean, I grew up in, well, I grew up in the San Joaquin Valley. So I know Squaw Valley, Olympic city out there, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And I grew up during that time when all of that stuff was really unraveling. You know, I was a kid in the sixties and early seventies, but the point is I remember it all. And California, it's interesting uh, how, how, how its place and importance has changed, not in a good way. It's no. place and importance. It used to be that, you know, with the elections, they would call elections before all California votes got in. And that was it. It didn't matter the electoral college or anything, but that it's all changed. Okay. So you are a Democrat. Your party is responsible for the cities becoming what they are today as far as homelessness, uh, drug use, not mm-hmm. just not just Los Angeles. It, it, the weather's pretty good in Los Angeles, which is conducive for homeless people because they don't have to deal with the, the, uh, the snow and the, the cold weather for the most part. You look at some of the pictures of the streets in Los Angeles. I mean, you, you can't believe it. I mean, this is a city... Once proud city, once really destination point city, a place where you wanted to go, I want to go to L.A. I want to go to Hollywood and see what's happening. In Ho- I mean, it was a destination. Right now, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near the place. You know, mm-hmm. I used to work in New York City, another, another city that was a destination place. I loved New York, and this was before New York was cleaned up by Rudy. It was still a pretty good city, and it was still into things like law and order when I was there. So for the most part, it was a safe place. But now I hear people talk who work there who say it's completely different. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you go out of a building, go to get in a, into a cab and you're taking your life into your hands. You go on the subway, you got to keep looking around to make sure no one comes up and, up and sucker punches you or throws you against a moving train or rapes you. And it's not happening in Republican cities. It's happening in democratic cities, LA, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Washington, DC. So how can you vote democratic? How can you vote for a Democrat mayor and a Democrat administration when you see what they've done to their cities? You haven't gained anything from these people. You've only lost. Now they're trying the, the, left is trying to reclaim uh, ground on uh, funding the police. Now they're talking about we should fund the police. The left is saying this. After after yelling from the rooftops during the riots, defund the police, now they're almost saying, don't believe what we said back then. We really didn't mean it. Fund the police. Well, they're looking for stories, too, that they can twist. I'm trying to find it right here. It was a little simple one. But essentially, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stone magazine right sat there and said now the right wants to defund the police well actually that is a wow. false narrative on that because what it's really saying is that uh oh here it is uh suddenly the gop wants to defund the police after Amazing. the uh, feds raid mar-a-lago representative marjorie taylor uh, marjorie taylor green uh whined that defunding the po- department of justice would completely cut out their budget the ability to prosecute Republicans. Well, the DOJ is not the damn police. Right. And you know what? If they are a, a, an arm of the Biden administration to go out and attack his opponents, which Obama used to, defund the damn department. We were talking about Alex Jones being minimized and Steve Bannon being minimized. They're trying to say that these are wackos and they're crazy people. And yet we're supposed to believe outlets like the Rolling Stone you know, another interesting point, speaking about media, Bill, this is a little bit off point. 9-11, the New York Times, mm-hmm. front page, not one mention of 9-11 on the front page of the New York Times. They didn't say a word about the memorial to 9-11. Of course not. Well, should the federal government be involved with elections? I'm asking you seriously. Should the federal government be actually I think it should be local government. 
I don't think well, it should be federal government. Joe did an executive order, access to voting. And there's a lot of things on here you might go, oh, yeah, it's great, using federal government agencies to promote voter registration. Uh, they're going to uh, inform Americans about voting, probably how to vote. Uh, linking federal agency websites to state voter registration process, providing voter registration and vote-by-mail applications, using approved nonpartisan third-party organizations to register voters at federal agencies. The list goes on and on, but down at the bottom, bottom it says um, promoting voter registration for prisoners. You know, uh, prisoners. Yeah, prisoners. Yeah. Um, you know, there you go, Fetterman. You're going to get what you want. You know, you're buying votes because you knew this. We talked about Joseph Stalin. You know, his uh, his administration in Russia, they ran the elections. Yeah. You know, Adolf Hitler, they ran the elections. You know, they call us, the MAGA people, semi-fascists, which is another way of saying fascist, friends. They're trying to, be, they're trying to make it sound that they're not being as direct as they really are trying to be, by just using the word fascist, it achieves the goal that they want to achieve. They label us by saying we're semi-fascist. What they're saying is, no, they're really fascist. You right. know, it, so don't believe for one one second they're trying to be soft about it. Well, uh, under the Constitution, elections are to be run by the states, but with Joe Biden's executive order. It is now run by the Fed. I don't think that he has the power to do that, and I don't think he's going to. No, they are desperate. They are desperate. They've got less than two months before the midterms, and all the polls seem to indicate that if it's a fair election, if it's a fair election, they're going to lose big time. But I, I don't know whether it's going to be a fair election. Well, they're dancing with the numbers and saying, oh, the tides are turning, the Democrats are ahead, and they're setting the table for the steal because I haven't seen the numbers that they seem to be reporting and they happen to have in their possession and Joe's numbers are way up. He's oh, a fabulous president. I can tell you that uh, like McLaughlin and some of the other pollsters, uh, Rasmussen, they're all saying it's going to be bad for the, for the left. It's going to be bad for the Democrats. So I think what they're trying to do is if they can say it enough, oh, we're going to have a great uh, uh, People the will believe it. Around. So when they do the steal, that's ah, see, there you go again. Exactly. Our figures said this was going to happen, and look, it did happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have the system in place, and nobody's paid any, uh, any price for stealing the last election. And I don't care whether you think I'm crazy or not. I, don't, I mean, I think they stole the last election. I mean, I, you know, and last I heard in this country, you, you have a right to believe what you want to believe in this country. I Thus far, yeah. yes. And I think that uh, it was criminal what happened. I think there were a lot of people involved. I mean, look at it's here. I'll tell you, here's a fact. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg put over $400 million of his own money uh, into swinging the election. Just that alone would seem to be uh, criminal. He did it. $400 million uh, to sway the election. You think that had an effect? We haven't mentioned anything about voting machines. And we haven't mentioned anything about foreign influence. You know there was foreign influence. You think the Chinese had a vested interest in having Joe Biden in office as opposed to Donald Trump? Donald Trump had put terrible tariffs on the Chinese. It was costing them a bundle to have commerce with the U.S. I mean, up until... Trump was in there. It was a open door policy. It was free for them. It was great. It was they could do whatever they wanted to do and still make a lot of money. Trump put tariffs on on the Chinese, and that really that hurt. So by putting what we have in there now as president, all those tariffs went bye bye. They had a big vested interest in getting rid of uh, Donald Trump. I used to think that logic made sense. Logic makes sense, I thought. It's logical if you just look at the facts. A plus B equals C. But in this, in this case, in this world we're living in right now, they, they want to tell you, no, don't believe A plus B equals C. I know you can see it. It's right there on paper, but don't believe it because we're telling you it's different. We're telling you you're wrong. 
You know, one and one is two. No, no, one and one is not two. Trust me. Believe us. Because we know better than you do. They I th- believe they do. You see where Trump is down in, this is interesting, and I, no one's saying why he's there, but he's down at his golf course, working at his golf course just outside of D.C. I think it's about 11 miles outside of Washington. He flew in on one of his smaller, less conspicuous airplanes. Uh, yeah, yesterday. but everybody's talking about it, so don't be surprised that the uh, FBI doesn't show up with a warrant to say, mm-hmm. we want to check here. They're checking everywhere. You know, there have been all kinds of speculations. Well, he's there to go to Walter Reed. Well, he's there to turn himself in, both very unlikely. Uh, the other reasons, well, he's there to arrest somebody. Well, that's probably unlikely, too. He's there for a reason, but I don't think any of the guesses in anybody's guess is going to be what it's about. And if I were him, I would want to be nowhere near Washington, D.C. So he's got to have a good reason. What's interesting about Donald Trump for a guy who's so very public, when he wants to be very private, he can be very private. <laughs> he can go from one side to the other. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, he can be secretive about what he's doing when he has to be secretive, and he can be open and boisterous when he has to be open and boisterous. Oh, by the way, getting back to that Rolling Stones thing, you know, Rolling Stone, when did that become a news source? I mean, when well, I was, that's when what they I'm came, wondering. When they came out, remember when they first started? It was about smoking dope and uh, what was Who's the, the newest hit song? Yeah. Yeah, man, here's some Jerry Garcia. Hey, this is some California, man. This oh, is, man. This is, this is Maui Wowie. Wow. <laughs> that you was know. the Rolling Stone when it first came out. All of a sudden, now they're telling you, what's the news? Uh, uh, well, maybe they should be raided. You think you'd find drugs there? No, that's the Rolling Stone. That's a reputable news source. Of course it is. No um, drugs in that place. You see Ooh. you see where Lori Lightfoot is uh, ticked off at uh, at Governor Abbott for shipping, he's shipping illegals to the sanctuary yeah, city of Chicago now. And here's what she had to say. Listen. Let me say loud and clear to Greg Abbott and his enablers in Texas. With these continued political stunts, Governor Abbott has confirmed what unfortunately many of us uh, had already known, that he is a man without any morals, humanity, or shame. Instead of treating these individuals with respect that they deserve, the due process that our laws require, Governor Abbott chose instead to humanely and humanely load them onto buses, send them on a more than 12-hour journey across a country that they don't know, and to drop them off without any regard for what the next steps are. Folks, these are human beings, moms and dads, young children, elders, who deserve our respect and dignity. They're not cargo, they are not chattel. They're human beings, just like you and me. Governor Abbott's racist and xenophobic practices of expulsion have only amplified the challenges many of these migrants have experienced on their journey to find a safe place. The governor's actions are not just inhumane, they are unpatriotic. This cannot be who we are as Americans. We have to stand for a different and better set of principles. If we are going to be a leader in the world, on the international stage, but even here at home, we must reject these policies and practices and say, as Americans, we must do better. I also want to say shame on the bus companies who frankly are just as complicit in being a part of this indignity. And while there's no way that we can fully make up for the cruelty that our new neighbors have experienced, what we have and will continue to do is welcome them with open arms and refuse to turn our backs on them in a time when they need support the most. Said by what very well may be the most feckless, ineffective mayor of any major city, of any She's city. She's racist, too. Oh, every time something is wrong that she doesn't like, whatever it is, the person is a racist. She throws that around like it's a, a spear, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, she's, she is, she's absolutely ineffective. I think more people have been shot and killed in Chicago than yeah. were shot and killed in Afghanistan in a year. I mean, every weekend there's like 40 people shot. And, and oh, what is she doing? Uh, absolutely nothing. But on a lighter note, I got to ask you a question about her. Mm-hmm. Does she not look like Beetlejuice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, oh God. Oh, yes. Sorry, sort of, yeah. And, and if does. you don't know what we're talking about, friends, go grab a copy. Go to YouTube and get a clip of Beetlejuice. Yeah, You'll, just yeah, yeah. get a clip of Beetlejuice and then look at her and you're going to go, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. Now I know where she gets her beauty tips. Oh, uh, yeah. Beetlejuice. She is a terrible mayor. Uh, she is, you would think that when things happen in Chicago, it would spark her to do the right thing, but nah, nothing could get her to do the right thing. She's ineffective and uh, a waste. And you don't know why the people of Chicago would vote her into office, but they because did. Because that was their only choice, you know? Well, the other um, thing is, if I keep thinking about if, if the major national election was rigged for the Democrats, did it pull in the down vote too? Do you know? I mean, mm -hmm. if you, if, if the whole thing were rigged, the machines were rigged to go to one way, would it also steal other down vote elections, including uh, the mayor should. of Chicago? Yeah. Anyway, Bill, we have done it again. We've done another show. We're doing something interesting. You're working on something really interesting, aren't you? Yeah, we, we've got a domain that's basically going to be um, kind of like a network uh, that will stream podcast. It'll stream hours, so it'll be like a radio station. The app is being made right now. The design is out there. Went through several versions of it because... Uh, the information wasn't quite right and we got it. What will people it, be able to do? They'll be able to tune in and listen to our show or they can listen to our show and then we will invite other shows, podcasts to be a part of it. So it'll be like listening to a talk radio, but it will be on your phone and right. it will be global. So initially and, it's going to be just our show. It, it will be like the most current show. And then, the, the, yeah, probably about three or four shows. It'll just rotate back to back to back to back to back. Right. And then we'll invite others. It's got a cool name. Not going to right. say it right now, but it's, it's actually got a name that sounds like something that's already out there. It's not but, Beetlejuice, right? Ah, oh, no. <laughs> darn. Darn, darn. Yes, and Lightfoot was going to be our, our, our image. Our, yeah. Yes, good. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> but no, you know, I'm saying it's going to be about a week to a week and a half away. Uh, we got to wait for uh, people like um, iTunes and Apple and uh, whatnot to mm -hmm. take the logo. But actually, we got to turn the stream on and let it just kind of rotate out there in the background. Then they put the, the app out there and then. When that's done, then the website would go up. We got to build that. And then once that's done, boom, if you're it's wondering there. why we're doing this, you know, you, yes, you can listen to the podcast still. You'll still be able to, to listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. But, you know, if you're driving along and you're on a long trip and you like what we talk about and how we do it and what we have to say, uh, you'll be able to at least go four or five hours listening to our programs. I mean, even if you heard a show once, Sometimes you miss stuff. As a matter of fact, I was I was going to say to you, uh, go back and listen to some of the uh, clips we we had today, uh, especially that four families. That was really yeah, interesting. You, oh, you, you got to listen to that. You got to listen to actually uh, the podcast we did yesterday, and that special one over the weekend. Which yes. Was, uh, yeah. Those are three. Uh, these all together will be three important podcasts back to back to back. And it paints a picture. And once that picture is painted and you look at it, you're going to go, wait a minute now. Right. Exactly. Uh, thank you for listening, folks. It's uh, very important that you do. And spread the word. You heard somebody say to Steve Bannon, I guess Alex Jones say to S Steve Bannon, people have to share. Yeah, Sh Sharing is the big deal. I mean, if, if you do anything for us, uh, share our link to someone who might like the show. We get new listeners that way, okay? Yeah, the, uh, it's another day does not go away. Just so you know, it 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 stays the same 
it's just it's an offshoot that we're doing, and we'll mm. we'll talk about that yes. later we're on. We're still doing audio week. only, though. We're not doing video because we respect you people, and we don't want to scare you away. Yeah, that would not be good. <laughs> really? That would not be good. To use an old radio line, I have a face for radio. <laughs> you got a face for radio? I do. I have a face Where for radio. Where do I get one? Where do I get one? <laughs> you have to. You have to look real hard. Hey, buddy, have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow.